Welcome to the Partners of Promise podcast with Pastor Dorsey. We are so excited that you've decided to tune in and listen to another amazing teaching that is sure to help you win in life. Don't forget to visit PastorDorsey.com to financially support the growth of this podcast and the spreading of the gospel. Now let's get into today's teaching. For the word of God today or this evening, we'll go forth unhindered and unchecked by any outside opposing force. We thank you that the greater one lives within us. You'll speak through our hearts and minds. You will bring glory to the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, as always. We magnify you. We acknowledge you. We reverence you. Without you, we can do nothing. So we yield to you, Holy Spirit, the greater one that lives within us, to speak through our hearts and minds. Bring clarity and accuracy from your word. Revelation, knowledge, and insight. Give us ears to hear, Holy Spirit, what you would have us to hear tonight. We thank you for deliverance, freedom, from breaking every yoke, every bondage, every hindrance. That everyone gets set free tonight, Father. Every believer, every sick body gets healed tonight. Father, every lost soul receives salvation tonight because it is a free gift that you've given us all. So we thank you in advance for what you've already promised to do in our lives. Thank you for being here tonight as always because you're with us always. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. And you said that we're two or three gathered together here in the midst, but you're in our hearts most importantly. And we thank you for that tonight, Father, being present with us always. Thank you for your amazing love. That calls us to have confidence tonight to declare your truth, Father. We bind everything contrary to you in the atmosphere. We take authority over this atmosphere. In the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the word of your testimony, we decree and declare that signs and wonders and miracles will manifest. Not only tonight, but forevermore in our lives and in this fellowship. We thank you for RFC. Thank you for every member, every family, every guest, and every visitor. Thank you for your people tonight. Bless them abundantly, we pray, Father. Cause them to inherit all things for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so let's go to Genesis chapter 12 and look at verse number 1. And of course, the theme we're talking about tonight is greater increase. And that's what we've been sharing. Uh, we actually started this maybe, you know, introducing this thing maybe about a month or so ago. And God has already uh, increased many of you and you will continue to increase. Uh, but we want to look at the patterns, uh, the themes that God uses through scripture to teach us ways that we can increase in our lives. God is all about increase. OK, that's his plan. That's his purpose. And these are the things he wants to bring to pass in your life. But everybody says it's a process. Okay, so you can increase at one level, but then you got to go to the next level, okay? And every level you go to, you're repeating the same process or the pattern, right? It's just like first grade through college, through, you know, your graduate school, whatever. You're going to continue the same process. You have to apply to what God has given you for your life. So uh, the first thing we're going to talk about for the greater increase, everybody says the power. Okay, everybody say the promise. Everybody say the pattern. Everybody say the patience. And then we get the promotion of the increase. Everybody say promotion. All right, and that's the increase. That's the final result. But to get to the final result, we have to do some steps. The Bible talks about the steps of Abraham. And first of all, let's look at the word of God because we've got to understand it is his will for us to increase. And he's given us the power uh, through the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is uh, crucial that we understand uh, that how the promises of God or the increase comes. And, you know, we, we, many of you have been in church, you've heard the word before, but it's application that matters. It's not how much you hear, it's what you do with what you hear. Amen. So we want to make sure we apply what we hear. Amen. Jesus said, don't just be hearers of the word, but be what? Doers in James, the book of James. So Acts 1.8, this is the first part we're going to go over. Because if we're going to see greater increase this year, it's not up to God. And a lot of times, if the Lord will give me what I want, he won't give you what you want. He'll give you what you believe. 
the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to what? All right, so God is not arbitrarily just handing out healing, delivering. He, he's given it to everyone. He's blessed everyone. He's saved. He's, he's provided it. The grace of God is what provides it for all of us. But your faith is what takes it. So you've got to learn how to receive what God has already provided. Otherwise, you won't see the manifestation. So look at Acts 1.8. We'll begin to see this in the scripture because this is the first part we've got to understand. Uh, there is a power that God has given us for us to walk in the best that he has. So Acts 1.8. But you shall receive what? Power and that word is dunamis. Okay, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, there's two types of power. Exousia is a delegated power, but uh, this word, which I like, dunamis, that's the potent. That's like dynamo. Okay, it's the multiplying power. Okay, it's the power that breaks down mountains, shackles, and chains, and it delivers and sets free. And the power we're talking about is the power of the Holy Spirit. But He said, "You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is what." come upon you. Actually, go to verse 5, Acts 1, 8. Uh, go verse 5, Acts chapter 1, verse 5, because I want to start there, because this is where we, what, what I want you to see, too. Oh, actually, go to 4. Yeah, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Now, how many know he had great increase for them? So we got to follow the pattern from Scripture. So if we're going to have great increase, we already know God's wanting you to have the best. But there's a process we have to apply ourselves so we can receive it. So Acts chapter 1, look at verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, that's the believers, he commanded them they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the what? Promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. So in order for the great increase to come, you had to wait for something else. you got to have the promise. And sometimes we're trying to get the increase without knowing the promises of God. And therefore we're left working for stuff. God never intended you to work by the sweat of your brow all your life to get a house or a car. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. He said, according to your faith, be it what? Not according to how much you make on your job. Your job is not your source. It's one of the source. It's not. How many know God is your source? But what we have done, because we haven't applied the laws of faith, we made our job the source. So when they ask us to work overtime, double time, bend over backwards, kick us in the backside. Yes, whatever. Yes, master. Yes, master. Because we don't understand the promises of God. When you understand the promises of God, your job is second to God. I know y'all saying amen. Some of you, you know, you're quiet. <laughs> but this is the Bible. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first your job. All right, let's turn to it because I want to make sure we're reading from the same Bible, okay? Since we're going to bring in this new year. Now, I know it's a new year, but if you don't get a new attitude, you're going to have the same year you had last time. And you'll be struggling. But God wants you to overcome. So I'm going to show you how to overcome and win in life. How many want to win in life? It's fun to win. It's bad to lose. Now, if you're losing, that's okay. I'm going to teach you how to win, and you can turn your record around. You can have a winning season this year, amen? The good thing about the new year is you can scratch off the record. Whatever you had last year is gone. It's over, you know. I'm looking at my brother Jamal. I came in, his team lost. I kind of felt sorry for him. You know, I, I really did because you know I'm rooting with him because he's a you know he's a real fan. I'm not a fan. I'm just kind of watching while I'm sitting on the couch. But he's a real fan. So, but what I love is in the new year you get a new season. No matter what happened last year, what didn't go right, what didn't you know things didn't go. That's okay. A new year, a new season. How many know there's hope in a new year? See, that's why people love the new year. It gives them hope because they done messed up so much in the old year. So they said, please wipe the slate, God. Amen. 
And he does. Not just in the new year. Every day of your life, he will wipe the slate clean for you because of his blood, okay? So, number one, we got to understand this power. The power is what causes the greater increase in our life. So, God is interested in you increasing. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. So, this promise is what Jesus said is the key for increase, okay? The key for increase is the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now you're at Matthew six thirty three. What does the scripture say? Seek ye first. Okay. So does it say anything about your job? Anything about overtime, double time? Okay. What is first? Now this is to believers, so it's not for every person. It's only for those who have made Jesus Lord. Right. And the reason he's saying this is because if your priorities are not in order, you really won't increase. And many times we're working, we think we're increasing, but we're really lacking. Because here's what the Bible says, 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things, and you have some scriptures on the screen, if not, we'll just turn to it. 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may what? Actually, let's turn it, turn it. We got Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the what? And his what? And all the things that you need to So does God add things to you? What does God add things to your life? After you seek what? Kingdom, not just the kingdom, but when? First. See, a lot of people come to church, but God is not first. Y'all got real quiet tonight. Amen. Anybody need some coffee or something to wake you up? A little pick me up. <laughs> Amen. I know it's almost a beautiful evening, but I just want to let you know how many don't want to be told the truth? How many know the truth is what's going to set you free? If I'm going in the wrong direction, tell me to turn around and go back the other way, please. Don't just pat me on my back and keep on going. You'll get there, Pastor. I'm lost. <laughs> turn around, make a U turn. So we have to understand that you have to analyze your own life. And we're just living life day after day. Listen to me. You got to take inventory. You should be exact. The Bible says, let a person examine himself whether they're in the faith, whether you're walking by faith. So there's nobody else that can judge you but you. You know, God is judge, but we're not judging each other tonight. There's no judgment in here tonight, right? Amen. But we're giving you truth so you can analyze it and judge yourself. You need to make some adjustments. We all do. Because to get greater increase, number one, we got to understand that God has given us the power. But the key is the priority. I say priority is important. All right. So what's the first thing in your life? Baseball scripture we just read Matthew See the first what? Okay. If you just underline that right there, that would change the whole world. I want you to slow down and think about this. Seek first the what? Okay, so when you get up in the morning, what's the first thing should be on your mind? Kingdom of God. So you can't be running out the door, eating toast in the car, you know, listening to Power 99. Thank you, God's going to be, yeah, Lord, and then on the way in the door, bless me, Lord. No, you need to spend time with Jesus. You got to let the power flow, okay? Now, here's my point. You got to seek first what? All right, so that means you may need to get up a little bit early. But if you can stay up late and watch your favorite show, what's wrong with getting up 10 minutes early to pray? It's amazing how we're faithful to, to the things of this world. You know, people take pride and never miss the day at work. You know, but yet, they'll miss church. And again, God loves you. If you miss church, you're still going to have it the moment you're morning. So it's not about, but it's about your dedication, about seeing increase in your life. 
And as a believer, just so we're on the scriptures, he's, Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, we should always what? Pray and never give up. So there should not be a day that goes by, if you're a believer, that she should not pray. There's no missing prayer as a believer. Now, I know we may miss it or whatever thing. You may not pray as long. Maybe you don't pray as much. But there shouldn't be a day go by where you don't say, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you do, you need to come back down to the altar and get saved again. Somebody say hallelujah. It's okay. Amen. Let's make the adjustment now. Let's not go on in error thinking we're achieving something where we're not walking by the word. I'm trying to get you to see it's not how you feel. It's what the Bible says. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to give you scriptures. You can feel good when you get home. Church is not about feeling good. Church is about getting you ready to go to heaven. Church is about helping you to live down here and give you information that will make you a productive Christian in this life. Amen. And then you can win and then you can have fun and you'll be able to enjoy all the blessings and good that God has for you. So number one is the power of God and then it's the priority. God. Everybody say priorities. So we underline this, seek first the what? Okay, so it's very important that you prioritize your goals for your life. It's not, up, it's not about the pastor or the church. It's about you and God. You know, God loves you. You love God. So you have to plan your priorities. And remember, you're an intelligent human being. You drove here tonight on your own day. All right? You walked in here, God blessed you. So guess what? When you get up tomorrow, you need to take some time out if you're off and write down your goals for 2020. Everybody say, write down your goals for 2020. Because if we're going to believe God for greater increase, he can only do what we can believe for, okay? Which means we have to write it down. So number two, we talked about 3 John verse 2. So let's read that now, the epistle 3 John verse 2. So we're going to prioritize God first. So, uh, and again, here's what excuses really are. They're like demonic explanations for the other man. Let me say it one more time. Excuses. Demonic explanations for the uncommitted. That's what excuses are. Well, I wanted to pray, but I couldn't. But you wanted to win. <laughs> you stopped and had time to get Dunkin' Donuts in the morning. We make time for what's important. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah, it's a new year. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to help you tonight. Amen. All right. So let me go over this one more time. So excuses are what? Demonic. Everybody say demonic. Explanations for the uncommitted. You know, so when people aren't committed, they come up with excuses. Which are basically lies. But, you know, people don't say you're lying to me. They won't say, well, I didn't mean to, you know. (laughs) Uh, But the point is, how many know God still loves you? Right. But if we're going to move to a higher level, let's let's be committed to the things of God. And it's not about perfection. So I'm not saying you got to be perfect. I'm just saying let's do more this year than we did last year. Amen. Whatever your life or whatever your scenario is, I want to see inc- God wants to see increase in your life. Okay. So look at Third John verse two. Here's the epistle. So it says, God's mind set for you as a believer, as His child, beloved. I wish above all things that you may what prosper and be in what. Okay, God is saying, first of all, I want you to prosper. That includes increase, okay? And then I want you to be in what? Okay, so increase is a part of taking care of your body. Right? So you can't separate just having money and not take care of your mind. Right? Not take care of your body. Your, your family needs you. Amen. To enjoy life, you have to live in a body to enjoy it. So he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper, be in health, even as what? 
Okay, so the key is not finding, the key is not the body, everything hinges on your soul. Okay, and that, that's who you, that's your spirit, man. That, that's going to be inside of you. That's your core of your, that's what makes you different from everybody else. Your personality, your will, your mind, your intellect, that's the decision center, okay? Your will is critical to your success. And the soul is where that's located at. Uh, the will is located in the soul. So when we got to deal with the soul, we begin to see this is where the power is needed at, okay? The power is to transform our soul so we can change our life and improve our bodies. But it starts, everybody say it starts with the soul. Alright, go to Proverbs 23 verse 4. And we're talking about great increase. The first process we're going to go over is the power that we need. Uh, now these are the scriptures that we're going to go over. Just kind of lay a foundation. Then we'll get to it on the next couple Sundays. But let's get an understanding of what God wants us to do. This, is going to tra- this teaching is going to transform your life. Now we're starting tonight. But as you go forward and as you stay committed to God's word. You're going to renew how you... Uh, you know, your expectations for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, okay? So, uh, look at this scripture, Proverbs 23, verse 4. Uh, labor not to be what? Rich. Rich, okay. Cease uh, from what? Okay, so we talked about who's your source. Okay, now we work on jobs. That's, that's the channel God uses. But let's not get the job ahead of God. Because when you die, they're going to hire somebody else in your spot. So the world's not going to stop because you don't show up to work. Amen. God wants you to be faithful, but you want you, he wants to be first. How I many know he's a jealous God? Yeah. Okay, so God doesn't want to play second fiddle to anything else. He said you shall have no other gods before me. And, and the time we give these corporations, these companies, I mean, what if we just gave God a, a 10% of that? How much further would get along, okay? So here's the other verse. Look at verse number six. So later not to be what? Rich, okay? See from your own what? Okay, so how many know we shouldn't work to get rich? Now I know that's contrary to what the world told you. They think if you work hard, you'll get ahead. Well, that didn't work in slavery. Somebody say hallelujah. If the system is rigged, working hard, I'm going to get you ahead. Amen. All right. <laughs> how many know it's a fallen earth? Ever since Adam fell, the system's rigged. Okay, and what do I mean by that? It's a sinful, corrupt system. So no matter what you do, somebody's going to take advantage of somebody. This world is not run by God. God's running heaven. He's not running your life either. Somebody say hallelujah. God's running heaven. He's running the end. God's not running your life. You are. And some people say, well, I'm doing, look, we yield to God, but he gave you a brain. Somebody say hallelujah. If God was running your life, do you think he'd let you live in sin? I mean, why would it take us so long to get saved if he was running our life? He's not running our life. He's trying to influence us through his scriptures, through the word. But God is trying to say, I'm calling. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open up. I'll come in and save you. Why would he have to knock if he was running your life? Somebody say hallelujah. God's not killing folk. He's not taking your kids, your cat, your dog, where you call and again, nah, this religious teaching we heard, the Lord needed your child, so he plucked a flower to put in heaven. There are no, there, there's no dirt in heaven. <laughs> God doesn't need, look, God is beautiful all by himself. So my point is, we, we come up with these reasons, but that's not the nature of God. He said, I want you to what? Prosper, being what? Health, even as what? Your soul prospers. But he's trying to teach us, don't work to be rich. So how do we get rich? He, he said, I'm your source. 
Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and he adds what? No sorrow. When God does it, you're happy to have it. That's why you need to wait on God before you get married. Let him bless you. Don't go to the you picket field. How many heard it down south they had to you picket? You know, when, when fruit wasn't like the best it could be, they would put it on the side of the road and they'd say you pick it. Leave it there. <laughs> you don't want no you pick it. You want the best, right? So, But God's got to do it. So you don't need to tw- date 20 folk to find out which one's your husband. You don't have to kiss 20 women to find out which one you're in love with. Somebody say hallelujah. You can fall in love with anybody. By the way, you can fall in love with a prostitute. Y'all got real quiet in here. Amen. Anybody heard of Samson and Delilah? <laughs> Was he anointed or what? Okay. Did he fall in love with the wrong woman? Did his parents say, don't go to Delilah's house? And who was he laying on the lap of when they came and cut his head? All right. So you can fall in love with the wrong person by hanging around. So it doesn't mean it's got, God will run in Samson's life. He's not running your life. Now, the Bible says your life is in whose hands? Your hand. God give us wisdom to make right choices and decisions, but let's not act super spiritual. God is in charge. He's not in charge of your life. You are. And he's giving you wisdom to make a quality choice. So he says, number one, as we talk about the priority, now he says don't work to be rich, teach from your own wisdom. Now go down to verse number six. Same chapter. Okay. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his daily meat. And here's the verse I'm going to see here. So let's talk about this individual that you're in the company of. Here's what he says how you can discern it. For as he thinks it way, in his heart, that's what he is. Okay? So what is, he's pointing out the principle that it's not what you say. And part of what we say should be what we believe. But, but sometimes it's what we think on the inside. The little boy was at home and his mother was trying to correct him and, you know, was trying to teach him how to sit at the dinner table, how to sit down and, and you know, pay attention to eat with a knife and fork. And, and, you know, he was saying to himself, well, I don't want to sit down. I want to have fun. She said, no, it's dinner time. His father said, it's dinner time. He, she said, no, I want to have fun. And, and they forced him to sit down, right? So the little boy was sitting down and he said, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> so on the inside, he still was trying to overcome the, the authority that was embraced uh, to correct and to help him. But my point is, so you can be doing one thing on the outside, but the inside, what do you really believe? And that's where God wants to get to. He wants to get to the inside. Because people smile at you in your face, and then they turn around and stab you in the back. Let the church say amen. Jesus said, the one I broke bread with. The one I sat at the table with. Judas, the season with a kiss. He said, you're betraying the son of man with a kiss. Oh my goodness. But Jesus understood, okay? Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. But here's the point. So he says, as he thinks where? And it's hard. That's what he becomes. So we got to deal with the heart, okay? And that's the soul realm, the, the spirit soul that, but that we want to deal with. So this heart is going to determine the outcome of what we're going to have in life, okay? So God wants to touch the heart and give us the wisdom that we need so we can deal with the situations in life and overcome, okay? Now, he knows you're going to have tests and trials, but he's given us the promise, okay? So let's go to John 16, 33. St. John 16, 33. Everybody say the power. power. 
So we're talking about the power, and we're going to eventually get to the great increase in a couple of weeks as we teach this uh, lesson. But we want to start with the power first, and this power is going to help us as we approach uh, the beginning of this new year, because power brings change. And this power was, the, everybody say dunamis. Now that's just a Greek word for explosive power, dynamo. It, it multiplies, okay? It cannot be stopped, okay? And then Jesus said in Acts 1, you shall receive power after what? Okay, so the first key I want you to get tonight, if you don't get anything else, is everybody say, I need the Holy Ghost. All right, you need the Holy Ghost, okay? You're not going to have great increase apart from the Holy Spirit. If anything happens in the earth, it's happening because of the Holy Spirit, okay? And we can begin to see here, you know, as we look at this, go to John 16, 33, John 16, The Gospel of St. John. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have what? Overcome the world. So Jesus said I had the power to overcome. So when you deal with conflict issues, don't be distressed. Don't be you know frustrated. He says greater is he that is where? In you. Now what's greater in you? Holy Spirit. Okay. So this is the increase he's talking about. It's going to come through the Holy Spirit. Now go to Genesis 1 and we'll get a picture of the power of this Holy Spirit that lives in you. Like the Holy Spirit lives in me. Alright. So there's no excuses why we can't bring in life. I don't care what you've been through. God's able to overcome. Right. And if you don't win in this life, you're definitely going to win in the next one. Amen. So don't be afraid when the doctor says you've got a couple months to die. Or a couple months to live and you're going to die. Don't be crying and falling apart. No, are you born again? The, Paul said, you know, when he was talking about the Thessalonian church, he said it's far better to be with Christ. Yeah. All right? So when you, instead of crying, you all think about, boy, it's far better over in heaven. Yeah. No more bills. <laughs> no more sad songs. Now, again, we want to live a long life. I'm not saying cut your time short, but I'm saying don't let the devil put fear in you. Because Jesus said, you shall not die, but live and do what? Declare the works of the Lord. You're not the devil. The devil wants to intimidate you. You know, and, and if you get afraid, remember, God uses faith like the devil uses fear. God can't move without what? Faith. The devil can't move in your life without fear. He makes you afraid, intimidates you. That God won't provide. He can't meet your needs. He won't make a way. No, the devil's a lie. But my point is, you got to stay in faith because God promised you, right? To give you the best, okay? So here's the part we begin to see. Look at Genesis chapter 1. And I want you to see the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, the power's in me. All right? Now, what is the power again? All right, so he's in you. You got to use him. Amen. Don't let him just sleep inside. Put him to work. He comes to do something. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal. He wants to do something in you. Amen. He's come to carry out God's assignment in your life. But we got to give attention to the Holy Spirit. Remember, it's, everybody say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So he is God. Talk to him. Amen. I got a wife. I got a daughter. I got a son. You know, daughter. I got grandkids. So how many of you got to talk to each one? Are we all in the same family? Yes. But how I many of They're all different personalities. So I can't tell my wife when I want to tell my daughter because they're two different individuals. Same family, different functions. Amen. Different personalities, different responsibilities, but they're all in the same family. So I just can't always talk to my wife and not talk to the other. How I many of God wants you to talk to the Father, 
to the Son and he wants you to talk to the Holy Spirit. When you get up in the morning, Holy Spirit, show me where to go today. Holy Spirit, speak for me today. Holy Spirit, give me favor today. Because if anything's going to happen in the earth, God is sitting in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand. There's only one part of the Godhead living in the realm that we're in right now. And he's the one we need to talk to. He's the one that will lead and guide you into all truth. You need to know the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore him. He's the power of God in you. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus is the word, but the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. He will show you things to come. As a matter of fact, you can't just say without the Holy Spirit drawing you. You can't pray except for the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Jesus said, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. That dunamis, the power, is in the Holy Spirit. It's not in your mind. It's not in your money. It's not in your bank account. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom. We need to spend more time with the power of the Holy Spirit. He will show you where the money is. He will show you who your spouse is. Somebody say hallelujah. He knows all things. But we're trying to get increased without the main ingredient. And we got to go back to the basics. We are spirit being. Amen. And we, God is a what? Spirit. So guess what you are? Your spirit in the same image, same substance, okay? So look at Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the what? And the earth was without form and void, darkness was upon the face of the deep, in the Spirit of God. Everybody said the Holy Spirit? Okay. Now, how many know this is God the Holy Spirit, right? All right. So God created, the Holy Spirit recreated. Because anytime God wants to move, he's got to have something to do. God is the Father. He's the authoritative, authoritative figure in the family. He's the head. He speaks. In other words, he comes up with the the design, right? Jesus is the word. But somebody's got to carry out the assignment. And I want you to see the pattern here is that anytime God moves, the Holy Spirit is involved. He does nothing separate from the Holy Spirit. This is important. He does nothing separate from the word. So every time God moves, we got three in motion. We got God the Father, we got God the Son, and the Holy Spirit carrying out the assignment. Right? And this is in the beginning, and we begin to see here, okay? The Spirit of God moved upon the what? Face of the waters, okay? And God said, let there be what? Okay, and what happened? And there was light, okay? So God spoke through Jesus, okay? And there was light. But I want you to see, the, the, another scripture says, God, through his spirit, he recreated everything he wanted, right? But how I many know, without the spirit, we can do what? Nothing, okay? Without Jesus, without God, we can do nothing. So I want you to understand, everybody say the power is in the Holy Spirit. All right, this is important, because if we're going to have great increase, we got to have the Holy Spirit show us that. And this is the part we've been missing. We've been too mechanical trying to do stuff, watching somebody else. You can't watch other folk. You need to watch the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Because what they did may not work for you. Amen. You got to find, Lord, what is your plan for my life? So let me show you what God's plan is for your life and how you can find. How many want to know what God's plans are for your life? All right. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Go ahead, Dad. Go ahead, Dad. 
Hey, I'm going to keep you on the bed. So let me stop to tell you. First Corinthians 2, look at this. I'm excited to get you the wisdom of God. Amen. My prayer is that you increase more and more. And that you expand your territories. Amen. Jabez said, Lord, uh, you know, he was born in pain. First Chronicles 4, you don't have to turn there. Verse 9 and 10. He prayed that God would deliver him from his pain. And his family issues, his dysfunction, his dysfunction of his, you know, dysfunction of his family. And, you know, he didn't like, his mother called him, you know, Jabez, you know, of course, because he was born with sorrow and pain. But he said, I'm going to change that. You're not going to be calling me pain and <laughs> sorrow every time I come around. <laughs> so the Bible said, he called on the God of Israel. And he said, look, if you can change my circumstance, and if you can bless me indeed and, and give me territory, Give me some houses, give me some land, give me some increase, and then keep me from the evil that's all around. And the Bible says God gave him what he asked for. So if God can hear a little boy called Jabez change his circumstance, how much more? Did not Jeremiah say, call upon, come unto me, and I will do what? Answer you and show you what? Great and mighty things that you know not of. God wants to do great and mighty things. Not just the little stuff. God specializes in things that are possible for you. But we got to get our mind to believe he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or take, okay? So 1 Corinthians 2, look at verse number uh, 9. Here we go. But as it is written, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that what? That love him, okay? So God's going to do it because he loves him. He's not going to do it because you're perfect. You do everything right. It's not about that. It's because he loves you, okay? God's love overrides your faults. God's not looking at your faults. He's looking at the purpose he gave you before you came into the earth. And God needs your participation, your faith, to come in agreement with his plan for your life. He needs your faith. It's required for you to walk in his best. Right? So if, if God's going to do it, he says here, now verse number uh, 9, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that what? Love him, okay? Verse 10. But God has what? What has he revealed? Verse 9. The things through the Holy Spirit, what has he revealed to you? The things he what? Come on. So does God have stuff laid up for you? Okay. Is it waiting for you right now? Ephesians 1 3. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings where? Alright, so has God already reserved the blessings for you? Are they already seated in Christ? That's where they are. They're in Christ. All your need, all your provision, all the money, all the job, careers, businesses, all the things you need are in Christ right now. And that's why when you have a need, God doesn't have to come off the throne. He just Paul said in Philippians 4 and 19, my God shall what? Supply all your needs according to what? Okay, and where? All right, so they're already in his riches, in Christ Jesus, the riches of God. They're waiting for you right now. So God doesn't move because you have a need. He's already supplied you. He anticipated your need. He anticipated your healing. He anticipated salvation. He anticipated somebody will need a miracle. He already anticipated and he's already supplied it and he put the reserve in Christ. So whenever you have a need, you don't have to run to somebody else and touch them. No, you have Christ on the inside. Christ is Jesus himself. Glory to God. Getting excited already, amen. I have the help I need. 
You have it on the inside. But the moment we get in trouble, who can help me? Jesus. You know, it never thought, Jesus, I said, we want to run to everybody, here, there. No, no, before you start running to somebody else, stop. Yeah. What do they say when they're fired? You know, if you ever did this drill, a fire breaks out, what's the first thing you do? Stop. stop. No, let's go and stop. stop. <laughs> fire breaks out in your life, trouble breaks out in your life, what are you supposed to do? Stop. Come on. We want to run here, run there. No, stop. Yeah. And then they say, drop. Let's just put prayer on that drop, right, baby. <laughs> First of all, when we get in trouble, let's stop and pray. Because the Holy Spirit already knows what he's going to do. But we won't give him a chance to talk to us. Because we heard our uncle, our cousin, our niece, somebody already told me what they did. I don't want to know what they did. I want to know what God has for me. God's got plans for me that are beyond this natural ability I can see. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. I haven't even thought about the great things he has for me yet. But he says, if I can just stop and I can just pray and call on that. The Bible says, look at number verse number 10. But God has what? Revealed them. Woo, glory to God. So he's not keeping them from you. Now, here's how he revealed them. By his what? Now, everybody say, back to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if I want to know something about my life, who do I ask? Holy Spirit. Who, who has the information? If you want to know something in this natural world, most folk Google it, right? You go to the Google, right? Google's got all the information, right? I'm telling the Holy Spirit was here before Google ever came around. Amen. <laughs> but I would invest in Google, by the way, they are going to, you know, this is definitely not in the world, you know what I'm saying? Here's my point. The Holy Spirit already knows. Right? Google's got to go search. But God, here's the thing that I know about. He, he's given the Holy Spirit all the information you need for your life. He knows your future. Here's what the Bible says. He will show you things to come. Glory to God. Don't go to a fortune teller and get demons on your life. Don't be reading a horoscope and get mixed up in your head. It don't mean no Chinese cookies either trying to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The Lord's going to be with you tomorrow. <laughs> like he was with you today. You will have a friend that every day the Lord's name is up like that. Yeah, you're going to meet a man whose name is Jesus. <laughs> oh, glory to God. <laughs> He's the best thing ever happened, okay? But notice what he says. God has revealed them unto us by spirit for the spirit church of all things, yea, the what? Deep things of God. So how many of God's already prepared it? He's already trying to provide it for you, right? All right. But here's the key. Everybody say, God needs your faith. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. Oh, Lord, God. Hallelujah. Okay. Now we're talking about, everybody say the power is the key. We're talking about the power. Everybody say the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. So that's the first key we're handling tonight. We need to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit. Because nothing's going to happen or be revealed without the Holy Spirit moving on our behalf. Now remember, he represents God, okay? Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. So the promises of God are not automatic. So when we talk about this power, this is why we have to use the faith of God to go after the promises of God and understand the importance of this power. It comes by faith, right? Luke 11 says, how much more shall he give the Holy Spirit to them that what? 
Ask for it, okay? Ask in what? Faith. If you need the Holy Spirit, ask God in faith. He will give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now look at Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the what? From the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that does what? Hang us on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through who? Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Alright, so he redeemed us from the curse. He blessed us, but it comes by faith. So the promises of God, the power of God, is not automatic. So God can't do what he wants to do without your faith. And this is why the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to what? Please God. The Bible says, the just shall live by what? Faith. So faith comes by what? Romans 10, 17. Hearing and hearing what? All right. So if you want faith, what do you have to do? All right. You got to hear. That's why you come to church. Come on. That's why you turn on the YouTube or whatever the scriptures are, songs. However you get the word, you got to flood yourself with where you're going in life. You got to get the word from where your future is. Don't get the word from where you came from. He delivered you from sin. Stop meditating on your past and start meditating on your future. Talk about where I'm going, what God has in store, the things he, and, and start talking to the Holy Spirit. And let him lead you. As he did Jesus, amen. Who you think was leading Jesus? The Holy Spirit, okay. Now let's go to Matthew 3. Let's look at this. Because if he had the Holy Spirit, I mean, no, we need the Holy Spirit. Everybody says the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the first key to increase. And that's going to form up the night. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing else. This is the first key. If you don't get this key, don't worry about the rest. Because it's not going to happen. Come on, say Amen. You can't put the key in ignition. You're not going anywhere. Just get out the car. <laughs> you could be turning the wheel, act like, no, you're not going to feel that ignition push. You're not going anywhere. Amen. Until the Holy Spirit comes in you and empowers you, you're just going to live a natural life. But Jesus gave you power to live for him. Somebody say hallelujah. That's why I love being a Christian. I don't want to be anything else. I love being in Christ. Because there's no power outside of Christ. Every other religion, whatever they call it, there's no power outside of Christ. All their religious leaders are still dead. They died sinners. They were born sinners, died sinners. Somebody say hallelujah. But Jesus is the only one born without sin, died without sin, got up three days later through the power of the Holy Spirit and saved me from my sin. I'm not following the sinner. I'm following Jesus. He is not a sinner. Amen. He's never sinned. But what was the power? What was the reason? Why? How could he do it if he not made it? I mean, he lived 30 some years and didn't make one sin. You know, so again, it's hard. I got one note in there. Everybody just got real quiet. <laughs> if he lived 33 and a half years without sin, can't you make it today? We don't have to worry about tomorrow. But let's just try to work on 24 hours. See, I'm trying to tell you, you got the power to live holy all the time. But if your mind's not renewed, you'll be thinking, I got to do this. No, get the power of the Holy Spirit. Let him help you. The Bible says, if I walk in the Spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of my flesh. 
the best way to break your fleshly habits is to walk in the spirit. You want power over depression? Walk in the spirit. Power over sickness and disease? Just keep walking in the spirit. Now it may be, you know, a process, but you keep doing it. That sickness is going to run out of your body. Disease is going to run out your body. Amen. Temptation is going to run from you. It's not a sin to be tempted, but you don't have to fall every time you get tempted. Every time a woman walks by, you don't have to get here. <laughs> you don't have to be bad. Brother walked by at his church, you know, he got the pen. You keep working on the Bible shop. How many know God wants you free? So my point is, you got to know where you are yourself. So, but if there's an issue, it's okay. We got a solution. And that solution is for all of us and nobody is not without temptation. What is the solution, saints? All right, the Holy Spirit, right? Walking in what? Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill what? Right, so when your flesh is yielding, it's overcoming, you got issues, that's okay. Get in the spirit. Everybody say stop and drop. <laughs> that's what you're going to do. When the fire breaks out in your flesh, put the phone down. Don't answer the phone when you hide the flesh. Well, I'm just going to explain to him, I, I don't know how to come over. <laughs> don't talk. Just start, look, when you pick, if you're going to pick up the phone, just say, I'm not my co-rabba, co-rabba, shakala. Don't worry, he won't be over after he heard that. <laughs> oh, they crazy. Yeah, they crazy. They filled with the spirit. What am I doing? Everybody said, overcoming the flesh. <laughs> it might be crazy, but you're going to win. Hey, live to fight another day. Glory to God. Amen. You won't be crying in the corner somewhere. You'll have power. So how did Jesus do it? Let's look at this. Matthew chapter 3. Alright, so and now he had the power. I mean, oh, he's told us to get the power, right? Acts 1, he said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for what? Wait for this power. Wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? Look at Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse number 16. Let me just read one verse. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were what? Open unto him. And what happened? Oh, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and what? Lighting or sitting upon him. It was Jesus filled with the Spirit. Okay, so that was the key to how he was able to overcome. So if we want to overcome, how do we know? We need the same power of the Holy Spirit, right? All right, so this is the key. And when we get the promise of God, remember, they're not automatic. We have to use our faith, but the faith comes by utilizing the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, okay? Now, he's our helper that God has given us to fulfill this commandment. So let's go to Genesis 12, and let's look at how Abraham walked this process out. Ooh, 10 minutes, and then we'll wrap it up, okay? And we don't finish this week, we'll finish on Sunday. But here's the key, Genesis chapter 12. Look at verse number one, okay? Now, this is God's plan through the pattern of Abraham. And remember, if we're in Christ, we're the seed of Abraham, right? You're Christ, you're Abraham's seed, according to the father of faith, is what he was. So we have the same promise that God gave to Abraham belongs to us, okay? Remember, we just read Galatians 3. He's given us the blessing of Abraham, right? All right, so we have this. Now, here's what this is for. Genesis chapter 12. Look at verse number one. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get thee out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a what? Blessing. 
All right. Now I want you to see. Everybody say great increase. All right. Now the first key is he, he's going to have to use his faith because you're going to have to go beyond where you presently are. And the challenge is God is saying something different than what you used to hear. See, most people want God to rearrange where they are. Well, Lord, if you can just do it here. Yeah. In other words, Abraham would have been fine if God would say, hey, you, you're doing good, Abraham. You know, I'm going to come where you are and I'm going to change your circumstance and make you great. No, God reverses it. Because the environment that you are a part of is either a help or a hindrance. Now, again, we love our family, but not every family member believes God. And your job is not to love your family more than you love God. Now, we don't disrespect them. We treat them. Everybody has an opinion. But don't put God behind your family. Now, this is for Christians. Some of you you might be able to handle this. But uh, Jesus said, if you put father, mother, sister, brother ahead of me, you're not worthy of me. Did he not say that? All right. So God is not taking second fiddle to anyone because really when you leave this world, you're no longer a part. In other words, you're a family member in the earth, in the natural, but spiritually you belong to God. He gave you the family, right? But he didn't give you the family to put him second. And people say, my family is first. That's not the Bible. Let me say it one more time for the believers to make sure you understand. Okay. Uh, my family comes first. Tell me that's true. Show me a Bible verse for that. See, we say this because we picked it up from the world. Uh, you know, blood is thicker than water. What is it? Blood strong or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Either. No. God comes first. And see, this challenges your thinking because you've been raised. My family. I, you know, and again, we love our families. We're responsible. We, we're going to take care of them. We're going to treat them right. But your soul comes first. Dummy. And I'm not saying any names. <laughs> Loving your family in this heaven. You won't be with your family. Amen. You're going to be going the other way. Why? Because you didn't put your soul first. Hallelujah. I'm not going to hell for anybody. Now, again, I love my family, but your job is to love them, to keep. And remember, God loves them more than you do anyway. But your soul comes first. Here's what Jesus said What would it profit you to gain the whole world and die? And lose, not your family. See, he didn't say lose your family soul. He said, you die, whose soul do you lose? Your soul. Not nothing about your family. Because when we get to heaven, we're going to be like the angels. We're, you know, we'll know each other, but it's not like, you know, like we're on the earth. The natural family. No, he's saying you'll be spiritual and full body and spirit. But he says, don't put God behind your family. Thank you, sis. Amen. I know it's tight, but it's right. <laughs> now, everybody say, love your family. Treat them right. Now, don't beat them up. Don't do anything crazy. Don't, you know, because you're a Christian, so you can walk in the love of God. But don't let your family keep you from coming to church. If my wife stayed home, I'd still be in church. Now, she wouldn't stay home. Because I'd rather just come to church. <laughs> Come on, come on, get out of this. Get out of that bed, girl. You coming with me. Get on this car. Uh, but I love her. But my, my point is, I married her when she was already safe. So I didn't marry projects. So I don't have that issue. Amen. I didn't have to. Because I prayed. And before I started dating my wife, this is what I'm telling you. I prayed. Lord, is this the one? 
Y'all got real quiet. Y'all listening? Y'all just came. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, and it wasn't because she was beautiful, attractive, anything like that. Which she was. But I was looking at that. Uh. <laughs> Somebody said, y'all got real quiet. Yes, I'm telling the truth. The Lord is my witness. <laughs> I know some of you don't believe it. But it's true. You know why? I was more concerned about my soul. Than about how she looked. Somebody say hallelujah. Alright? Because here's my here's, here's my point. Because if she's not the one, why would I get all the most kind of her? And then down the road, I spent my money, my time, my resources. And then she tell me you're not good enough. <laughs> I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> and then she go on the sunset with somebody else. Five years, you see that thing going down the road with somebody all the time. I say, right, what you somebody? Just joking, just joking. Okay, so my point was what? So, everybody say the Holy Spirit. Right. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit. Go to the Father, and He's saying, Holy Spirit, is she the right Not one, another, is she the one? Because I need to know. Before I take a step, I want to know God's will. Is, is she in the plan of God for my life? See, because if I ask, he'll show me things to come. See, he says, I have plans for you. I have things prepared for you. He's got wives, husbands. They're laid up. But if we don't stop and pray and ask him, to, is this the one or do I look for another? Did not God and God are you the one? Or do we look for somebody else? And what did Jesus do to John when he sent his disciples? He said, okay, I'm going to show you something. I'm not going to answer you. I'm going to manifest the miracle signs and what? I'm going to show you the scriptures so your faith is not in the emotion. Your faith is in what the prophecy said. You got to get a word from heaven on your life. There is a word. That's your New Year's resolution. Give me a word from heaven. Show me your plan for my life. Show me your plan for my family. Your plan for my children. Your plan for my business. I want to know your will above everything else. And I'm willing to pray and wait on you until you make it clear. See, that's the thing. Are you willing to wait until it's crystal clear? See, we want to casual pray. Well, Lord, show me which one it is. Okay, I'll pick one. We wait five minutes, then we go pick it at you. No, you gotta learn how to, you know, discipline yourself and sac- just wait a little bit for God. He will show you. And I'm trying to tell you, if you hear His voice, He will not make a mistake. Guaranteed success. God knows what you need. And some of the things we're asking for, we're asking to consume it on our own lust. We're not asking for God's plan for my life. What job am I going to have to stay in church? My soul was more important than the job. No, Lord, just give me a job. No, give me the right job. Somebody say hallelujah. Y'all know it's the Holy Ghost tonight. Give me the right location. Give me the right decision to make. Show me which way to go. Here's what Job said. He says, I looked on my left where he worked. And my right hand, I could not find. But Job said, he knows 
knows the way that I take. And when I come forward, he's going to perfect me like gold. He's going to direct my step. I don't know right now, but I'm going to keep waiting on the will of God to manifest until he shows me which way to go. Everybody said the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this is where the power comes from, that it will keep you from evil. He will direct you. He will show you which way to go. And if I don't know what to do, I'm going to wait. I'm there at my she God. Hey, glory to God. See, Abraham had to hear the word. Which way do I go? Start. And I'll show you. The Bible says, there's a still small voice. Elijah ran away from the, you know, from the conflict with Jezebel. And, you know, he was, this is the man of God. Killed all the false prophets. Tore down the altars. God blessed him abundantly. Restored the heart to the people after they repented. And then one word came out from Jezebel. Uh-huh. By this time tomorrow, if you're still here, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you took off. Like that <laughs> but what I like is that he took off to the mountain of God. And he said, I need a word. So he goes into the mountain. And he says, Lord, reveal yourself to me. And there was a shaking. But the Lord was not here. There was a fire. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God. There was some thundering, but he went to the thunder. Thunder, no, no. But as he sat there, all of a sudden, there was a still, small voice. Not loud. Not audible, but a still, small voice. And said, Elijah. And he began to show him his future. Because he asked. I'm trying to get you to see, if you just ask, God will give you the best. He said, ask that you may receive. Seek. And what's going to happen? And he said, knock, and what's going to happen next? See, Isaiah said, behind you, you will hear a still, small voice. He said, I'm the Lord your God that leads you in the way that you ought to go, and I will teach you how to profit. Let me close with this. Let's let's go to Revelation. Everybody say the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, I have a word from God, and I'm going to wait for it. See, he's already given it to you. It's in the Holy Spirit, but you're going to spend time with God this year. We're not going to be rushing and running everywhere. We're going to spend time with God. We're going to be still and know his voice. Hallelujah. He said, my house shall not just be called a house of praise and worship. It's going to be a house of prayer. You're going to pray and you're going to know God for yourself. Somebody say Hallelujah. You're not going to have to ask somebody, is that the Lord? No, you're going to know God. Shande. <laughs> Everybody say the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> All right, go to Revelation 1. Here we go. And we're closed out with this last verse. Oh, glory to God. And this is, of course, John on the Isle of Patmos. We, we know about this, okay? But I want you to begin to see what he heard. Verse number 10. 
He says, I was in the spirit on the what? Okay, so he was in the Holy Spirit. And then those what happened when you're in the spirit. He said, I heard behind me a what? Great voice. Actually, you can close your Bible. We're done. Everybody say, I'm going to hear the voice of God. Come on, declare. I'm going to hear the voice of God. And when I hear the voice of God, I'm going to obey the voice of God. His voice will teach me how to prosper. His voice will show me which way to go. His voice will cause me to hear all things. His voice will deliver me. His voice will protect me. God loves me. He will show me things to come. I receive his plans for my life. And I believe it right now. Great things. Great increase. Great prosperity. Is mine right now. In Jesus name. I just want you to bow your heads. I want you to just close your eyes. And I just want you to think. To yourself. To the Holy Spirit. Teach me Father. How to hear you. I mean really. That's the great thing. The power is not just for the blind eyes. Not just for the lame to walk. For the crippled to be healed. The people to come out of wheelchair. That's what it's for. But that's not what it's only for. The power is for you to hear God. To unstop the deaf ears. Spiritually deaf. In other words, unbelief. Hardness of heart. Forget unforgiveness. Bitterness. The power is to break yokes. Isaiah said that the anointing will destroy the yoke. It will lift burdens off your shoulders. And I'm, I'm trying to help you to see. If you get in this presence, here's what David said. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand of mercy, sir. How many of you remember when you first got saved and you sat in this Man, I, I, I was so even today. I mean, I was just sitting in the presence. I was so excited because I was hearing the Holy Spirit and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He was talking to me. I'm talking to him. He's telling me what to do. He's showing me things that come. I got so excited about the plans, not just for my life, but as I was praying for you, the plans He has for your life, the things He wants to do in this church. God's going to flood this church. We're going to have more souls than we ever had. He's going to send a deluge. He's going to send hungry people in that want to know his voice. So if you can hear that, they're going to sit in your seat. Because there is a hunger for the word of There is a famine for God's word in this hour. I'm not talking about entertainment and, and people doing all these crazy things. I'm talking about people want to know God's will. They're tired of being deceived and lied to, manipulated. And they're looking for a church that will tell them the truth. That, will, that can manifest the miracle son. That the love of God, the spirit of God. They want to know God. And you're going to help them find you're going to be a witness for the Lord. Well, first of all, you got to know his voice. Because God said the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. We are on the precipice 
of a supernatural need. And I don't say that like I'm telling you this great increase is not just natural, it's supernatural. It's about souls. Everybody say souls. It's about the heart. Yeah, he'll bless you. He'll give you what you need as you seek for. But God wants souls. I remember our pastor used to say years ago. <laughs> and he talked about how dedicated you got to be to the things of the Lord. And he said how the devil was always trying to get people. And he said the devil had his hands full of souls. His arms full of souls. And he had them in his mouth. And he had them in his arms. And he, he, he. <laughs> He was, he was trying to get more soul. And, and somebody asked, do you want more soul? He didn't want to know about the rock, but he didn't want to want one thing else. <laughs> so he got, he shook and says, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was talking about how God is. God loves you. God cares about you. Listen, God loves you more than anybody you would ever know, but he's got plans. And your job is to submit to his word. If you want his best. You don't have to. It's your choice. But God desires you to live for him. So our goal, God's plan, is to compel them to come. That his house may be filled. There are families right now waiting to hear what you heard tonight. Longing for somebody to pray for them. They're in conditions right now. They don't know what to do. They don't know who to turn to. They don't have the wisdom and knowledge. You have heard the word tonight. They're longing to hear what you heard tonight. And that is our son. Taking all the families of the earth. That is the blessing of Abraham. It's going to make you great. When we fill God's house, he'll make you great. I don't mean you personally in name, but fulfilling his purpose for your life. Here's what Jesus said. Him that's greatest among you, let him be your what? Sir, that's what we're doing. By serving God, we become great. By serving others. So our assignment is to hear his voice. Spend time in prayer. And to walk with the Holy Spirit. That's the key tonight. Know the Holy Spirit. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. And he will manifest Jesus to you. God loves you. So if you need prayer tonight. We're going to open up the altar tonight. And give an opportunity to start off this new year. And it really could be a new day, new decade, a new generation. It doesn't matter, whatever it is, it's going to be new. The Bible says he makes all things new. God's got plans for you tonight, saints. Visitors, guests, our friends, when they're hearing this online, I want you to know God's got plans for you. He has not given up on you. He has not thrown in the towel on you. He has not forsaken you. He said, I will love you to the end of the age. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. If you call upon me, I will hear you. I will answer you. And I will deliver you. I will show you great and mighty things. God loves you just the way you are right now. So if you need prayer tonight, 
I want you to come for it. I want you to take a step of faith. Because the promises are not automatic. They require your faith. They require a step of faith. A step in the right direction. A step towards God. A, a cry towards Him. A call towards Him. He'll bring you out of every situation. Every bondage. Every hindrance. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be sin. It can be a distraction. The Bible says lay aside every weight and sin. It's not always sin. Sometimes we're, we're encumbered by weights. The wrong relationships. Wrong people in our lives. Wrong choices. Wrong environments. But God will set you free tonight. So if you need prayer, I want you to come forward tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning into today's teaching. We know that faith comes by hearing God's word. After that, faith must be acted on. Be sure to apply what you've heard on today and put that faith into operation. Be sure to join us on another episode of Partners of Promise with Pastor Dorsey. And of course, we would love to see you at Revival Fellowship Church located in Newcastle, Delaware. Want to meet us? Be sure to visit us at 3071 Newcastle Avenue, located in Newcastle, Delaware, zip code 19720. Until then, walk by faith and not by sight.